Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is going live soon, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Good morning and welcome to Market Roundup with Angie Setzer. Angie, it's Monday morning here and we have started out the week and looks like not much news other than the typical China stuff that we've talked about for however many months now and waiting for something to happen there. Trump made a tweet on Friday, like you said earlier, when we were getting ready for this about he didn't really see a need to, to slap any more tariffs on if they're willing to come back to the table. So guess what's your interpretation of that and, and where do you see things like that heading and ending up? Yeah, China, China, China. If it's not uh, China, then I guess we don't want to talk about it, right? right. So, so yeah, Trump tweeted on Friday that uh, he didn't see the need to put other tariffs in place if they were willing to negotiate, uh, which at this point they obviously are willing to take the steps necessary to, to get um, at least to the negotiating table. Who knows what that actually means? But it does look like they're saying the same thing that they've been saying since about May. We did see over the weekend, this was kind of interesting, um, just simply because it's not usual out of China to see, uh, their former uh, lead trade negotiator, so the gentleman responsible for getting them into the WTO, which took place in 2001, uh, came out this weekend and said that to use um, soybeans or a commodity um, as a, a bargaining chip when it comes to trade was ill-conceived and a, a very poor approach. Um, so the the man responsible for this, you know, hopefully he's still alive today because he is in China, but um, is well respected. You know, like I said, he he was one of the, the gentlemen that got him into the WTO um, that allowed them to really kind of take off in, in the way that they have over the last 20 years. Obviously, their middle class has increased by something like 75% um, over the last two decades as a result of being in the World Trade Organization and being considered a, a global trade partner. So he he has a little bit of clout, you could say. Um, and so that's this is one of the first signs that we've seen where the people of China are like, hey, you know, wait a minute, you're messing with our food. So between the fact that they kind of cut their nose off despite their face and limiting their supplier when it comes to soybeans, soybean meal, and, and you know, forms of protein in that direction, but also beef, pork, things like that, uh, with this ASS situation hitting a, a critical point, you know, with it being in their wild boar population and, and uh, being discovered in their largest pork producing province, uh, obviously they're starting to feel a little bit of pressure there as well. So not only have they seen, you know, pressure start to, to kind of amass when it comes to their economy, uh, their stock market and things of that nature has really fallen out of bed, you know, over the last few months here. Um, and then at the same time, you know, with ASF just alone, without anything other than um, that uh, you saw pork prices increase 10, 15, 20% in some areas because you don't have the ability to move it from where it's being produced to where it's needed. So uh, I would say that perhaps, you know, one of the things that we've always said about China is that they watch what they do, not what they say. Um, and so right now, I think we're probably discovering that, you know, not only are they feeling the pressure from an increase in prices 
due to the disease, but they're also feeling the pressure from a lack of available supply, you know, by cutting off one of the largest global producers of agricultural products, you know, in the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's one thing is getting to be a bigger mess. Like I was talking last night with Chip Nellinger, that that it comes and goes. You know, you like we we'll think it's kind of nothing about it for a while, and then two or three weeks go by, and all of a sudden something like this pops up, and it it just drives uh, the uh, the trade either up or way up or way down, and it just makes it super volatile. So it's it's going to be something to pay attention to, especially now with the with it being in the wild boar population there, and and uh, it's just going to be super hard to control from that point forward. Yeah, the hog market's already volatile anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's always crazy. I always thought wheat was crazy, and then I started paying attention to cattle and thought that was crazy, and then I had to start paying attention to hogs, and my mind was blown. Um, so it's already a, a weird market structure anyway, um, but then to have all of this factored in and everything like that, you're going to see some continued volatility. And, you know, I every night before we go to sleep, obviously we pray that it just stays in, in China um, and, and doesn't find a way to, to spread elsewhere as well. So we'll definitely be watching that. And, uh, you know, we're 10 days away from the uh, G20 summit where President Trump and the Chinese president are supposed to sit down. So hopefully we'll see some positive news continue out of that for us. But soybeans did close on Friday at their highest level since August 13th. So it's something to, to be aware of when, you know, you're looking at pricing or have beans in the bin or something of that nature, you know, never be um, too... You know, don't don't forget the whole buy the rumor, sell the facts too. That you know, sometimes you will see folks buy on the idea that it'll you know China's going to be fixed, and so what happens if they buy ahead of it and it's fixed? Um, I guess we'll see. So, yeah. so well, I want your opinion on this. Last night I had Chip Nelliger on uh, for for our Sunday show that we do, and we we're talking about. Uh, wheat trouble getting wheat planted in Texas, Oklahoma, in that area where there's been a bunch of rain, a bunch of snow, and those kind of things. Um, harvest was kind of a, a hard thing anyway, and then you, you throw planting delays on top of that. Uh, we kind of missed the window for wheat. What's your opinion yeah. of those wheat acres down there that didn't get planted? What's your opinion of what's going to take the place? Uh, I don't know. I think a lot of guys are going to leave it up in the air to see what happens. Um, you know, you'll really have to, to check with them. I would say, depending on the grower, you might be looking at cotton, uh, maybe Milo. Um, it really is going to, to depend. Up here, we're in the same situation here in Michigan. We didn't get, I mean, most of my growers are one-fifth of what they had intended to plant uh, because it just seemed to start raining in October and never stopped. So uh, for them, it's going to be up in the air. Uh, first of all, anything that did get planted, we a lot of folks are going to have to wait until March or April to see if it even looks worth saving. Um, the stuff that didn't get planted, they're, they're going to flip the coin between corn and beans. And I have some guys that are leaning towards corn and I have some guys leaning towards beans. So it just really depends on what was you know in it last season, you know, what they're up against when it comes to disease, pest, pressure, things of that nature, um, and just what they figure. So it's like a hot potato right now, what we've got going on with the acreage debate next next year, except, you know, no one wants it. Everyone, you know, corn and beans both, are, once they catch it, they throw it back. So obviously the cotton market was a little bit stronger. It may push some folks in that direction. It'll probably continue to show some strength. Um, and then and Milo, I think, tends to be easier 
um, and uh, maybe cheaper to produce. But I wouldn't be surprised if it all is up to what corn weather or uh, what weather does in the spring. Right on. If it rains, it's going to be corn. Yep, right on. Right on, Angie. All right. Well, Angie, if folks want to get a hold of you and, and pick your brain about markets and just anything else that might come up, how would they do that? <clears throat> uh, I can be reached on Twitter at Goddess of Grain, or you can email me at asector at citizenselevator.com. Okay. And you can find this podcast on the Global Ag Network, just like Angie and her Girls Talk Ag yeah. podcast. So uh, looking forward to working with her over the uh, coming, coming years here. And Glad to be part of the team. Go team. Right on. All right, Angie. Well, you have, your, you have a good uh, rest of the day. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. You too. See you later. All right. Goodbye. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here